Hey, one fans, Andy here. We're going to Cisco Live, and we can't wait to see you there. If we see you wearing an A1 or Cables to Cloud shirt at Cisco Live, we'll enter you in our giveaway that includes a bunch of cool prizes like an A1 branded Yeti cup and an OCG of your choice from our friends at Cisco Press. Don't have a shirt? No problem. Head to the link in our bio and grab yours today. See you soon. This is the Art of Network Engineering podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore tools, technologies, and talented people. We aim to bring you information to expand your skill sets and toolbox and share the stories of fellow network engineers. Welcome to the Art of Network Engineering, where packets and highly caffeinated people join forces in a never-ending plight of all that is right and just to prove that no, the network is not down. I'm Tim Bertino, and I'm joined by two of the real hosts of this show, along with a very special guest. For tonight's episode, we have Mr. No Blinky Blinky in the virtual flesh himself, A.J. Murray, Dan Howdy Packet Richards, and someone who I can't imagine ever gets any sleep because he always seems to be up helping other people, Tim McConaughey. (laughs) So, uh, A.J., since uh, you uh, agreed to let me go through that ridiculous intro, we'll uh, kick it off with you. How are things going, buddy? Oh, man, you nailed it. That was a great intro. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I am on location recording from my fabulous hotel room at the Residence Inn in Indianapolis. Uh, So uh, good times are being had here. I'm almost done my shift. I will be out of here on Wednesday. I'm super excited to get home. It's been a long two weeks. And is that it of this project or is there another leg of it somewhere? Oh, there's another leg that starts like next Tuesday. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Never ending. But you get, you, you get back for a little bit though, right? Kind of visit. With yeah. I, I'm not scheduled to travel for the next uh, two locations. So two locations start up next week mm. uh, simultaneously happening. Uh, and it's just supposed to be a remote support for me, but you know, we'll see what actually happens there. Yeah, okay. Is it, so is it like two on two off type thing? Um, that's a long, complicated story that I probably can't get into you while we're on recorded media. I'm happy I understand. to take it <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So what is there to do where you are right now? What kind of fun stuff um, are you doing? Like work on or fun? I guess outside <laughs> of work. <laughs> uh, outside of work, I couldn't tell you because I've been working 17-hour days since I got here. Yeah. Um, there have been like a couple of nights where we actually got out early. Today was one of them. So we went to an arcade bar, which was really fun. It's called 16-Bit. There was okay, like tons of arcade games. They were all free to play. There were some pinball machines. We had some beers. It was a good time. Very cool. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. I miss those. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm a little jealous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's uh, my let's... first experience riding around on the bird scooters. I, you know, We don't have those where I live. Uh, yeah, so, we got uh, we got those in Nashville, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I love uh, those scooters. What, what's the top I've, I've speed on those things? I've a couple of times on those things. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I will have to show you guys a picture. So um, this, this particular trip has been like the entire month of May. So the first two weeks, another couple of guys were out here. And then about halfway through, I came out and another guy came out. And uh, during the first two weeks, 
one of the guys here completely ate shit on a bird scooter. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you, dude. He was like, he, he was riding around and it like, apparently the app started to notify him that he was going into an area that he shouldn't or something. So he pulled out his phone to check it and he like <laughs> hit a curb and went, you know, ass over tea kettle and completely messed up like one side of his face. Like he broke his orbital. Oh, Jesus. He, like, oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah, man. Wait, so while yeah. he's on the scooter he's pulling the phone and he didn't stop yeah nope nope okay well <laughs> sorry to hear going. that that's and and yeah. he looked like the terminator because one of his eyes was like oh, oh my gosh. Occipital. oh gosh oh yeah yeah hey, hey that's that's one that's one way to get sent home uh, you know yeah. what, like he didn't he didn't go home he just kept working like he literally showed <laughs> up to work the next day to like install switches and everyone's like you you should see the other guy, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah right? <laughs> oh my God. After yeah. he broke his face and, yeah. he, came, and yeah. he showed up the next day. He showed up the next day. Wow. That's dedication right there, man. That's yep. dedication. Yep. He, he's just lucky because the guy that was with him is like, he, you know, he used to be a firefighter trained EMT. So like when he went down, he was in good hands. Hmm. So yep. let's kick it over to you, Dan. Did you push any uh, big, fun, fancy ACI buttons this week? Uh, just a couple, I guess, you know, (laughs) just a couple. (laughs) Yeah. They're all fun and fancy. Uh, No, actually what we did, uh, we, we have successfully stretched the fabric and we, we are using, uh, Commvault has a, or a, I guess you would call it a product called LiveSync. And what it does from my understanding, a high level understanding of it, what it does is when you take snapshots of virtual machines and back those up, it will create. A virtual machine at like the other location right and so as as you do a backup like on a tuesday night right you do a backup well then when it completes down at your second location it will create a new vm based off of that it'll keep it turned off right but but uh it'll create a new vm and then every time it does a backup it'll update that vm so basically you have a a, a cold standby waiting and so what we did really is cool. we we turned off the production server right this was all test but we turned off the the main server to to simulate maybe that server crashed blue screen you know something happened on it windows updates Mm -hmm. got it in the middle of the day you know how that is uh (laughs) that kind of thing um and then we turned on the one at our off-site location and it only lost like four pings between it so with the continuous ping going so yeah impressive that is impressive i i was pretty happy there was a lot of work that went into doing that so (laughs) It, uh, it's pretty nice. If you don't mind me asking, what is the physical distance between your data centers that you're stretching the fabric? I don't know miles wise, but it's probably like an hour and a half away from each other. Okay. Okay. So you're not cross country or anything like that? No, no, they didn't. They didn't want to go that far. (laughs) It's still, it's, uh, it sucks when you have to go to the offsite location (laughs) because it's a, it's a trip there and a trip back. Yeah. It's just far enough away. Yeah. All right, Tim, what's new in your world? Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Um, so let's see, what is new in my world? I am uh, I'm actually transitioning roles at Cisco next week, actually. Hold uh, up. I'm, Congratulations, yeah, I hope. Thanks. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a good move, I, at least I hope so. Uh, I am I'm leaving CPOC. I'm going to customer experience. I'm actually going to be a, a customer delivery architect, so... 
Wow. I've been working okay. with customers on SD WAN designs and implementation and stuff. So, congratulations. That's what's new with that's me. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate that. Very cool. Congrats. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, Good job. Thank you. All right, AJ. Hey, what's new with you? I, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, I think I was just gonna say I think you should take over before I lose you any subscribers. No, things are uh, things are well. Uh, home's good, works good. I'm I'm glad to be back here with you guys. Things are good. Any That's fun good. projects at work going on? Uh, yeah, it's all fun, right? <laughs> I know no, that the, there's a. Uh, there's actually some really good things going. I've actually been able to kind of take a breath. We've gotten some some big things knocked out, um, internet BGP wise, um, kind of bringing in another uh, another entity that we've been integrating um, into our system for quite a while. So like a merger? lot of big lot, lot of big milestones. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. I've yep. heard those com- are kind of nightmares, but is, is it? They, is it going if, you've, right, if you've got if you've got good people and good communication and and can set realistic timelines it it goes well so you mean like good soft skills <laughs> i do mean that oh okay exactly okay. i was just curious that's an interesting topic yeah we should we soft should do skills. an episode on that sometime yeah <laughs> i mean are you guys free like you just want to go ahead and knock that out or <laughs> oh man yeah i guess i got a couple minutes Okay. <laughs> let's do that. But first, let's kick it over to Mr. No Blinky Blinky for the wins. Uh, I, I need to get a travel goat so I can play the sound. I don't have a oh, sound yeah, on yeah. midnight. Stand by. There you go. What a team right, one. Perfect. All right. So uh, I've got like two weeks worth of wins here, so please bear with me. Uh, Alex passed the CCNA. Congratulations, Alex. All nice. Right. Excellent, Alex. Alex. Uh, Service type framed has passed the Microsoft AZ 900, so that's the uh, what the Azure Fundamentals exam. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Oh, okay. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Congratulations. Uh, Nargarot, <clears throat> I'm I'm guessing, uh, got a promotion to a network security engineer position. So congratulations, Nargarot. Wow. Uh, in the past nice. couple of weeks, the A1 podcast, we have surpassed 70,000 downloads. All Amazing. right. Very cool. Thank Let's you get on the so train. much, everybody out there listening, downloading. Couldn't do it without you. That is awesome. Uh, Com- Command Steve 22 has accepted an offer for another network security engineer position. So, congratulations, Command Steve. Andre, our tech sergeant in the Air Force, passed his GCIA certification. So congratulations, GCIA. Andre. That, was, that one was really cool for me because we all kind of got to see that, the whole preparation to it, everything yeah. he was doing, all his notes he was building, mm-hmm. and the help he was yeah. getting from other people. So that was really cool to kind of see that from start to finish. So awesome, right. Andre. Very cool. Yep. Very Good cool. job. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I'm on the list here this week, fellas. Uh, last, week, last weekend, I replaced two 6509s with two 9606s. I had zero issues, and that included a 23,000 lines worth of ACL. Oh, my gosh. I, nice. I want to talk about that for a second, because <clears throat> yeah. when you brought that up, you kind of made it sound like that it was some somewhat brought to you last minute that it was going to have to be done. And it was just kind of like a here we got to get this done. You need to do it by tomorrow. Was that true, or <laughs> no, it, did you have a little more lead time? 
Okay, so with the project that we're doing, we're replacing a ton of switches. So it's like, I don't know, three, 400 switches. It's at a main site facility here. And then there's a bunch of like satellite surrounding offices. So we're doing all the access layer stuff. Um, at the main site, the main campus, we're replacing the uh, data center stuff with Nexus and we're replacing the cores. Well, the cores are already replaced. Um, I arrived on uh, Thursday before last uh, and one engineer had kind of started the bone work, uh, the framework of the core upgrade, but he was too busy supporting our installation team, a subcontractor of ours that had some junior installers, we'll say. Hmm. Uh, and so unfortunately he didn't get enough of a chance to dedicate his time to fully preparing the core configuration. So I spent most of Friday doing a port map, preparing and, and you know finishing. It was, he unfortunately did not get a whole lot started. So I wrote the config, did the port map of all the old ports to the new ports. Uh, did the software upgrade on the 9606s, configured stack-wise, put everything on there except for that 23,000-line beast of ACLs. Uh, I did that the following morning just before deployment to make sure that I captured the latest and greatest updates from it. And then uh, we went ahead and did the core swap. Um, there was a ton of port channels going out to all of their switch closets. So before mm. I left on Saturday, I made sure at least one leg in each port channel was working. We had to replace a lot of fiber because they have a lot of 10 gig and the 10 gig on the 6500 was using some much older SFP. Obviously it was using like, you know, SC to LCs or yeah. uh, it was SC to ST at the patch panel. So we had to change it from uh, to, to ST to LC. And so yeah. um, we had to roll a lot of fibers to, to make it all work. Yeah. Uh, and so before we left on Saturday, we made sure at least one leg of all the port channels was working. And then we came back on Sunday and, and kind of finished up, finessed the config and, and made sure everything was working. So um, it was a not so insignificant uh, replacement. Um, and Monday morning, we had no issues, no complaints. And you know, pretty, pretty happy with that. That's incredible. You are a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> You're no <That's> wizard, awesome. <laughs> I love awesome. those 9606s, man. Those those are my favorite. Oh, I was gonna say those 9600s are great switches. Yeah, I'm, I yep. they really stumbled with the 6800s, um, but the they really redeemed themselves with the Cat 9Ks. I, I, yeah, I love those switches. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we've been doing uh, 9600s, 9500s. And the 9300s, and the, and like the the top end 9300s with the five gig PoE. Oh yeah, yep. I yep. love those yep. switches. Yep. Yeah. So the good. the challenge with the 23,000 line ACL is they had to wait until an upgrade came out. I think it's like some flavor of 17.4, so you can manually mm -hmm. adjust the TCAM. So when you're not yeah. using like TCAM for like QoS or something, you can allocate it to do mm -hmm. the ACL processing. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it just cripples the box. So was that an SDM template? Do they not have? I, I haven't followed it. Was that an SDM template? Do they not have it's, that available on the on the nine K or? Yeah, it, like or did you, there are yeah. SDM templates, but there wasn't one that suited you know the extra okay. allocation for ACL processing. So yeah, yeah, twenty three thousand lines. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of uh, TCAM to program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. How did you? 
<clears throat> what did you use to make sure that all those were there? Like when you put them into the new one, did you just like count lines or did you use like, <laughs> compare? I just copied and pasted a thousand lines. That, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 was, I believe you. <laughs> I was going to ask what the migration process was. Yeah. yeah. How long that take? <laughs> There's a bunch of uh, pre-validation commands that we run. You know, we want to see the, uh, the routing table, you know, routing uh, relationships and so forth. So, you know, I do a show run. I copy it for I, I copy the ACL out of the show run into its own text document, mm-hmm. upload that mm-hmm. via USB to the ninety six oh six, you know, copy yep. ACL dot text to running. Uh, right. and then yeah, I yeah. do a show run and then I compare in my uh, in Visual Studio Code, I compare the two and it mm-hmm. was like line yep. for line exact. I was like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yep. trust there, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. It worked though. It worked. That's that's all. Awesome. That's it how you gotta like do it with those really big ACLs. Yeah, that's crazy. I love I that. Co- copy copy text file to run. Oh man. Yeah, oh, it's great. Nice. It's merging. You merge it with the running config. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One time I had to do a CPOC with like four thousand VLAN interfaces. I used the Python <laughs> script to create them, and then of course, obviously, I didn't copy and paste that in. Right. I did the same thing. Copy to a text file, and then copy to the run config. It, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Where did Where did you learn that <laughs> trick at? Because I've never heard of doing that before. Now I've never copied thousands and thousands of ACL lines right. either. So neither uh, have I. Um. You know what? I actually <laughs> saw David. Uh, he wrote a blog article for us and he actually talked about doing that, how you do the merge. Like a lot of people, you know, you didn't know that you could do that. You just copy a text file. You don't have to copy it off the USB. You can copy it to Flash mm-hmm. if you want to, or you can just do it directly from mm-hmm. the USB. Uh, but you okay. just copy text text file. I, I think text file for the encoding works best. Um, mm-hmm. If you do any other type of file, sometimes the encoding can screw up what gets imported in. Okay, um, so just yeah, a straight up TXT file. file. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm trying to remember um, if, if there was a doc or something. I read. I, I've yeah. known it for years, and I, I don't remember where I learned it either. It's been that long. I think there's a doc somewhere. It, it it's not, or it's some tribal knowledge stuff I picked up along the way, maybe. But yeah, yeah, no, it's great. So you can what USB was... it, FTP it, doesn't matter. You, you know, just get the file onto the box, and then you copy file to running. Mm-hmm. What was the gear that you were doing a CPOC <laughs> of that that had four thousand or thousands of SVIs? It was a ninety five hundred actually. Oh, so okay. It was a it was a, a ninety five hundred, and it was a scale test on how many OSPF routes we could inject. It was no, no, not OSPF. This was a BGP test. Um, okay. We did both, but this particular one was for BGP. Yeah, so it was just a scale test. You do a lot of scale testing in CPOC, and so that means you have to create huge amounts of everything. And mm-hmm. and so, like I said, I wrote a Python script to spit out four thousand SVIs. Uh, in that respect, but yeah, no, it's a great trick. Very you cool. guys know about the config arc, the config um, archive revert stuff too, right? Where you can kind of get the yeah. commit config thing. You guys know that one. That was another one. Mm-hmm. Everybody, nobody seems to know. Yeah, yeah I think I that was actually a. Uh, so when I got the CCNA for the second time in 2018, I think that was actually on the uh, topics on the exam topics. Oh, great. Was that? So yeah, I, I do remember that. Can you briefly briefly just go over that real quick? What does that do? Yeah, so so you turn on config archive. So it just I think it's just archive or or something on the uh, CLI, and okay. what it does is it lets you save your basically your your candidate config if you will. It creates well the the base thing it does is let you save like archive the config, 
But it also turns on the feature I was talking about is it, it turns on the ability to do a revert timer. So oh, you, you can do okay. like config timer. You can do like config terminal revert, you know, 10 or five or how many minutes you want it to wait. And if you have archive on, if you say, you know, fat finger and IP address or shut down interface, you lose the box. Mm-hmm. It automatically rolls back the config and without gotcha. having to reboot. So you don't yeah. have to do reload okay. in five or any of that. Yeah, yeah that's that, a good one. I'll, I'll find the link to you. I'll find the link for you guys for those yeah. of you who didn't yeah. already know it. The way, the way I've done that is do the, because uh, there's like a way that you can do like a restart or reboot within a certain amount of time. Yeah, reload in and, five. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. That, and so I've done I've done that in the past, <laughs> just in case uh, uh, if it if I yeah, jack something up. Yeah, a lot of people up. have. <laughs> yeah. I like the but this way you don't have to reboot the box; it just rolls back the config to the last good config. If yeah. you don't confit, if you don't commit, basically because you lost the box, mm-hmm. it'll roll back to its last the last before you went into config mode. It rolls back to that config. I got gotcha. you. Okay, nice. sounds good. That's cool. I knew about archive, but I didn't know about that part of archive. That's really cool. Oh yeah, let me. Find, I'll find the link for you guys. I'll I'll send it to you, and you can like put it on with the show notes or whatever for anybody yeah. interested. Yeah, awesome. it's a great. It's a great little thing. Save you a lot of time on the waiting for a reload, at like two yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, speaking of show, mm. uh, are, well, uh, yeah, I digress a little because we have more wins to go through. Okay, uh, all right, yeah, let's. let's all right, let's so uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is great. This is great. We'll definitely add that stuff to the show notes. Um, so Jerv, uh, Jerv, as they go by in the Discord, has the security plus. Uh, Jonathan, congratulations, Jonathan graduated with his BS in electrical engineering. That's Bachelor of Science, mm. not the other BS. Wow. Uh, Andy, not not our Andy, uh, another Andy passed his probation at work. At least we presume it's probation at work, not the other probation. <laughs> <laughs> our, our buddy Robin Canella completed his ITIL version four. Our very okay. own Dan, Audi Packet, finished an ACI multi-site deployment in the last couple of weeks. Congratulations, Dan. Yep, yep. Uh, and last but not least, Cisco Boy 906 reported that they passed their CCNA just today congratulations cisco boy there we go that is awesome lots of winning yeah didn't he get like a did he say he got like a 908 or something like that on it yeah yeah Yeah. all right wins all around (laughs) 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 nice awesome we still gotta name the goat we got the poll going i gotta go back and check for some good answers oh yeah that's true yep yeah. We'll finish that up after I get back All right. So tonight, Tim, what are we talking about? Tonight, we are talking about soft skills, which I, I cringe a little bit when I say that. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of that term at all. I, I'm not 100% sure why. I think part of it is just the way it, it sounds makes it uh, not sound as important as the, mm-hmm. what I'll call hard technical skills that that you can have. And I what I think the issue there is, is that us as as network engineers, as IT professionals, we, we just get it pushed into us that we got to be the smartest people in the room. We got to know everything from a technical perspective. But I think sometimes it's easy to neglect the, the quote, soft skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason why mm-hmm. I don't like that is because, because you hear soft, you think maybe it's not as important, which I think it's just the opposite. I think you have to be able to uh, effectively communicate, just be an all-around nice person um, and, and handle yourself well in adverse situations. So what I kind of wanted to talk about first is 
what your guys's uh, opinion of, of soft skills are. And it, it was no accident that we brought in Tim uh, because he wrote a really good article a while back uh, giving uh, advice for network engineers. And a lot of that is is around what I'll call these soft skills. So, Tim, do you want to kick it off and give your kind of definition of what soft skills are? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the reason a lot of us cringe uh, when we say the word soft skills is that there's a lot of baggage, I think, that we've mm-hmm. all, you know, associated with the with the word, right? It's very, it's a very HR-ish kind of term or like, uh, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, tell me if you think I'm wrong, right? But I, I feel like the, the, the term soft skills carries a lot of baggage with it. That's not like pleasant. Um, I guess maybe more, and, and, and more clinically, I guess uh, the new the new uh, term du jour, darling, is uh, what emotional intelligence. You guys hear that hearing that one a lot. Ah, yep, EQ yep. Versus IQ, you guys are hearing that one, right? Mm, so that's like I the the term du jour. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, they've been they've been kicking that one around within Cisco for a while, uh, but like emotional, quote, I don't know if it's emotional quotient or whatever, but it's like EQ versus IQ uh, type of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's all comes. It all boils down to the same thing, which is your ability to communicate, uh, to collaborate, to uh, kind of deal with other people in a way that is professional and also gets the job done, whatever that job that needs to be uh, done, right? So I think that's the basics of, of soft skills. Is basically everything that's not. Everything that has to do with other people, or at least with communicating, or, or or just dealing with other people in the workplace. I guess really outside the workplace too. But I guess that's where I'd take a first stab at the at the definition. So how do you how do you teach or how do you learn soft skills, and and is that even possible? <laughs> how do you teach soft skills? So this is interesting, right? This is an interesting question, and and I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think as well. Um, but what I find is, and and we covered this a little bit in my uh, when I when I was here doing the talk about the technical interviews. Um, but the soft skills thing is, sorry, something just randomly popped up on my screen. I wasn't expecting. Um, <laughs> but the soft skills thing is kind of a uh, it's kind of important, right? So how do you teach someone soft skills? When we're talking about like technical interviews, we're saying we're do, we're 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 doing interviews of a technical nature to kind of decide, okay, can this person do the job technically? But a lot of times it seems like what we're more interested in is the culture fit, right? And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong for those of you guys who've sat on interviews, culture fit is like something that's really hard to teach someone versus say something technical. Like we can teach you how OSPF works, right? But it's kind of hard to teach you how to have basic communication skills. So, so when, you, when you say, how do you teach someone that? I don't, I mean, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, you know, we have these HR uh, things in, within Cisco, these, uh, what do they call it? Cisco mindset is what they call it. And they're like little workshops over the weeks where you work with, you know, some, uh, and it's like a class, right? Like, like a workshop class. It's not, it's not one-on-one, but they, they intend, they try to teach you things like meditation or like how to, you know, collaboration, workplace communication. And uh, so I'm not saying it's impossible to teach someone soft skills, but it definitely is, is difficult because if you think about it, you're kind of like fighting against, like if somebody doesn't have soft skills, right? You say somebody is very awkward or, or, mm-hmm. or is hard at communicating, like how do you teach them because teaching them is communicating. So it's a, it's, it's yeah, a little bit putting being the awkward, cart, man. cart before the horse, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So what do you guys think? 
Yeah, no. So for me, I I feel like in my experience so far, the best way that I've learned how to improve my soft skills are just by jumping in and, and doing things like getting experience, basically like, you know, sometimes I try to be funny and I answer an email the wrong way. And it's like, you know what, <laughs> looking back on that, that probably wasn't a good idea. So the next time that I'm like, Hey, I want to be, I want to be snarky or something like that. I'm like, you know what? Remember how I felt that last time? I probably shouldn't put that in there. Go ahead and backspace that out, and, and you know, and don't don't do that. That kind of thing, or like jumping on the podcast here. Like I, you know, we we were joking off offline before we jumped on here that you know I'm not real quick on my feet about you know coming up with some kind of idea or, or how to respond to something just right away. Well, being on this podcast has helped me with that, right? Like, I still don't think I'm the greatest at it or I'm nowhere near good, but uh, forcing myself to be in this situation has helped me, you know, develop that a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, thinking on your feet, being able to answer questions quickly, somewhat accurately or or to the best of your ability or whatever, yeah. Right. I I will say, Dan, I I have noticed an improvement or at least a, a change, right, since since we first started this podcast yeah. into now and not, not just you, but particularly you, you know, when I listen to the conversations from the early days versus today, there's, there's a remarkable difference for all of us. And I think that's a combination of doing this a bunch of times, getting to know each other better and, and so on and so forth. It's in, improving and working those soft skills to be able to pull off what we're, what we're doing. So, yeah. Well, appreciate I, I'm going to, I'm <laughs> going to second that because as, what I've really enjoyed as the as the show has gone on is that episode by episode we hear a little bit more and a little bit more from Dan. Dan <laughs> yeah. is yeah. Dan's yeah. talk. You're communicating, Dan. You're yeah. practicing yourself. <laughs> yeah. When Dan, I when I first started on here, I was very like super quiet and like my heart was always pumping because I was like, what if I say something dumb, you know, or and. And just exactly what you guys are saying, like, as I've done it more, I feel more comfortable when we hit that record button. So uh, I, I think the same it, thing kind of translates over into into your soft skills, right? Like, you, you just got to get out there and start working on stuff. And, and I mean, well, I think step one is to realize, like, hey, if you're an awkward person, like, you kind of have to realize that, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I will say that there was a number of times in the beginning where, like, we would record and you'd be kind of quiet. And then as soon as we stopped recording, you're like, oh, hey, by the way, and yeah. you tell this like, amazing story. You're like, Dan, do that on the podcast. Man. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I was learning. Much, much better. Much better. Dan. One thing I did want to ask you, Dan, was do you think it's less difficult or more difficult from a communication and, and respect standpoint working in a smaller environment, a smaller team? I think... I don't know because I, I guess I don't really know how to compare it to a larger team, right? Uh, but but mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like we're more I would assume personable maybe because you know we sit right next to each other all day long kind of thing, and then if you're communicating to someone else who's like maybe on the development team or something like that, I mean I could you know it, within twenty steps I could probably get to their desk kind of thing. So so I, I feel. I feel like yeah, you, you're not gonna say something uh, like you would on the internet, right? <laughs> like yeah, there's gonna be some yeah. weight, weight to that, whatever you say. Right. I agree. It's that uh, it's that small town concept. I think mm-hmm. in that you you are around these people in a close proximity every day. Mm-hmm. You want to maintain a healthy relationship, 
Right. So yeah. It, and I'm in the same boat. I've been in, in smaller teams my entire career so far. So I think I'd, I'd like to hear from, uh, from Tim and AJ a little bit more as you guys have worked in larger teams, larger environments. Um, what's that like? Yeah. I, so I, I mean, Brett, for me, soft skills is second to none. Like I work in a very customer focused position right yeah. now. And if I can't, you know, communicate to the customer either what the issue is, what the goal of the project is, or, you know, uh, work with them and, and pull out the information I need in order to be successful in the project. Like, I, you know, then I'm just not going to be successful. Um, I've held other positions as an IT manager. So communicating the, the technical goals of the project and linking those to the business needs or, you know, doing the reverse, right? Like if the business needs something, then how do we translate that to the technical uh, answer to the solution or whatever? And so the, the soft skills are, are really, you, you got to have them. If you don't have them, you're just, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you're not going to be successful. You're just not going to be as successful if you don't have those, those technical skills. Um, and, and now as a team lead, there's a, there's a lot more of that going on, right? Like, so I have an engineer who, great engineer, just not very confident in their abilities. And, you know, he, he feels bad because if he's doing a project, he's, he feels like it's going to take like twice as long, three times as long for him to accomplish it versus having me or another senior engineer do it. And it's just like, well, if, if, we're, if we're doing it all the time, then you're never going to become, you know, a senior engineer if you don't get that experience. You just got to be confident in what you know. If you have questions, ask, you know, don't just go with it if you're not sure because you know, nobody wants to see anybody fail. Uh, and, and we'll never let anybody, we'll, we'll never let like a teammate fall kind of thing, but just having the right soft skills to be confident in your knowledge, ask questions when appropriate, and, um, you know, execute after that. that that's helpful because, yeah, that's uh, I you know, in the past thinking about different, where if I was to change jobs or something like that, like I, I, I felt basically like that. I was like, what if I in the slowdown coming into a new team or, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, so that's nice to hear that. What about I've, you, Tim? I've worked, uh, I've worked in a, in a small enterprise and by small enterprise, I don't mean that the enterprise itself was small. I guess it'd be more accurate to say that, um, it was a very small team. So there were three mm -hmm. engineers and a network manager and, and the manager was, um, was a network engineer that was promoted to manager and we were, you know, covering a global network. But it was, of course, very small, right? That was a very extremely small team. Mm -hmm. And uh, we sat, you know, right next to the sysadmins, and there were like three or four of them. So it was very, everything was very tightly, tightly knit. Um, but I think company culture and like location culture or whatever, like just the culture of the area you're in or the culture of the company that you're in uh, plays a large part of that whole thing as well. Like, like the, the, the soft, not just the quote unquote soft skills, but just like how teams interact, how people interact generally, I guess. Um, and I think you see it more on small teams, like the, like, you know, because it's a smaller team, everything's much more impactful versus somewhere like Cisco, where, you know, I, I talk to people all the time internally uh, that I might never speak to again, or I might see, you know, every Tuesday, even people on my team before COVID um, happened, I, you know, had people on my team that I never saw in, in you know, real life. Mm -hmm. So it was a different, in that respect, you know, it was uh, the way you communicate also feeds a lot 
you know, into the culture of, uh, of it, the company culture and, and the way you communicate. So there you, you communicate more with, you know, say uh, chat or WebEx teams in our case. Right. But and so the way you communicate is also part of how your soft skills show up. Right. So if you sit right next to somebody and you guys are both engineers and, you know, you talk, that's a different form of communication than, say, me and a teammate who is across the country and we're chatting on a WebEx team or doing a WebEx or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that figures into it. So uh, I guess that's what I would say as far as the difference. I would say it, it relies more on how you interact with your team. And part of that is geographical in some way. And some of those culture, company culture, and, and location culture. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do think that uh, communicating often is important, and I think it can easily come off as, you know, maybe you think you're talking too much, which, you know, you, you can obviously say too much sometimes. But I think that if you're communicating to your team, especially in a dispersed environment, just giving updates of, on what you're doing, and especially if things can impact the team, I, I think is important. Uh, an example is, is we recently had a maintenance window and and we just by chance, you know, we, we like to let the operations center know when we're doing things just in case, you know, bad things happen and they start getting a lot of phone calls. So we just, I, I don't even think it was a phone call. I think we just sent a uh, an instant message to, to someone that was working on the operations center the night we were doing our maintenance, uh, just saying, hey, we've got this change going on. We're getting started. We ended up getting uh, an email from like the uh, manager or director over the operations center the next day saying that whoever was working that night absolutely loved that. They loved being talked to. I mm-hmm. think it's that whole mentality of mm-hmm. – do something with people instead of to them. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they, they, you know, respond to that a lot better. So I, I just think, you know, communicating effectively and communicating often, I think is, is a really important soft skill to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. nice. Letting all the teams that might have to suffer from any <laughs> mishaps, right. <laughs> Let them know. So as much as I yeah. don't want to talk about this, I, I want to shift gears a little bit to from from communication and respect and all that good stuff to uh, handling yourself in in an adverse situation. So you're sitting there at your desk, you're working along, and all of a sudden you can't access anything in the data center anymore. And all of a sudden, you know, pre-COVID, you, you kind of look around and people start poking their heads up over the cubes because they can't get to anything either. And they're looking at you because you're the network guy. And then all of a sudden your boss comes over and says, hey, we got to get on this conference bridge. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any any tips around that? So you get on that conference bridge, everybody's kind of virtually looking over your shoulder. How do you handle those kind of situations? So, so for uh, me personally, when that did happen to me, uh, I skipped the <laughs> conference bridge and I ran to the data center with my uh, with my cable, you know, my console cable, <laughs> and I fixed what I broke. <laughs> so. Uh, but you're a hero for fixing it so quickly. Yeah, right. <laughs> they did thank me later, and I was like, "Well, I screwed it up." So <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to know that. You fixed it. That's all it counts. Yeah. So uh, for for me, 
Uh, I used to do emergency services work, uh, and pri primarily as a radio operator. And one of the best pieces of advice uh, that I ever got from another radio operator was to remain calm, because the second that you know you get elevated, that you get excited, even if it's just in your voice, that kind of rubs off, and mm. other people can get excited or you know alert or whatever the case may be. So you know. Get, getting stressed out or worried or, or elevating yourself in some way during an emergency situation, even if it's just like a network down kind of situation, that will cloud your judgment, create some poor choices, uh, and it just doesn't help the situation. So, you know, just breathing and, you know, thinking about your training, thinking about what you know, you know, go through your verification commands, you know, look for what you want to see. If you don't see something that you normally see, you know, kind of pick that stuff out. Um, just remain calm is, is kind of the biggest takeaway there. Yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll add to that um, <laughs> that I think if you are asked to be on a call, uh, I think you need to find a balance because you're you're on that call, so you feel like you need to be communicating, but you're also trying to you're the technical person, so you're trying to fix the issue. So right. I, I think you really need to find that balance in that us as technical people will get in our own heads and we'll say, I got to be heads down. I got to figure out what's going on. Nobody bother me. But there are um, management styles and culture where they want to get, when those kind of things happen, they want to get all the smart people on the call. They want to get them talking to each other. So what I think is, is really important and what um, middle and upper level management like to see is they want you to be troubleshooting and then communicating as you troubleshoot, giving mm -hmm. updates often. Because the last thing uh, management wants to, to hear when they get on a, a conference bridge for a, a network down issue is silence. They want to know what's going on because they've got the business coming after them <clears throat> trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that really diffuses the situation to even if it's just you – communicating what you're doing if you're just kind of talking out loud as long as you're coherent not every other word's a curse word um, I think if you just kind of walk through what you're doing and especially if you've got teammates on the phone that you're bouncing things off of or uh, teammates in adjacent teams sysadmins what have you just just communicate because you don't know if something that you may say might be a trigger word to somebody else that says oh I need to go check this mm -hmm. you know so it's just it, it's all back to communication yeah. So, so how would you, how would you handle that then? Would you jump on that bridge or how do you, how do you have that fine line? Like how do, how do you handle, handle that situation? Um, I, in, in my experience, that decision is handled for you okay. where you're told whether or not you're going to be on that call. Um, but I, I mean, even if, even if you aren't, um, even if you're given that option, collaboration is a beautiful thing, can mm -hmm. be a beautiful thing. If, if people are really, Working together, not pointing fingers. I think that's a, a snippet from uh, Tim's advice article. Yeah. Um, and and just working together and talking and still being able to troubleshoot. Uh, I think it's it's important yeah. and effective. Yeah. So one thing too, uh, since like the whole COVID thing, we've been using uh, you know like Microsoft Teams a lot, right? And so when things have been happening, like a an outage or some kind of problem comes up, right? Uh, one thing that I've noticed an increase in, at my location is uh, people jumping in on like a big group conversation on those team chats, right? And that's actually, I think that's helpful, right? Because then you don't have the audio of people 
talking and yada 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 oh and also a good little tip is to go ahead and mute that so while you're digging into something you don't constantly hear bloop 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 you know all the little <laughs> notifications coming up but uh but when you when you find something then you can go straight to your chat type it in there like hey i found this right here i'm looking i'm i'm still digging right and i i i feel like that's a pretty good one but yeah collaboration definitely yeah I definitely feel like, uh, so, I mean, I, I devoted several of my 10 rules to what to base more or less what to do when shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and the one you mentioned, right. When there's a fire, be the firefighter, don't be the police. But, uh, because I worked at a place that was extremely punitive. The leadership was very punitive with critical incidents. Like, you know what I mean? Like you may or may not have ever you know, we know Dan's only worked one place, so we don't have to worry about Dan, but uh, yeah. for everybody else, um, you know, if you've ever worked at a place where when there is a, a critical incident, you know, the leadership is more interested in figuring out who is responsible than how, mm-hmm. you know, not to let it happen again, if you know what I'm talking about. Yep. So that tends to engender a culture where the problem, where we're not working together to fix the problem, we're working together to clear our names. Yep. So that's why I said like, be the firefighter, not the police, or, or, or not the the suspect, right? Trying to clear yourself. <laughs> and what you said about collaboration is exactly true. Whether you do it in a chat, whether you do it on a bridge, uh, and and by the way, when when you get on the bridge and and you know everybody's yelling at you for updates every five seconds, you're just trying to to you're like I literally have no update. I'm sitting here watching the CLI fly by. Uh, what I'll do in that situation is say like I'll say exactly what I'm working on. Like I am right now logging into this router. I'm looking for this output. I'll advise, I expect this to take three minutes. I'll advise, I'll be back and, you know, I'll advise as soon as I have that result or within three minutes. Like okay. that's the, as long as you set expectations yeah. on those kind of calls about when you will communicate, you can actually still go heads down, but you have to be communicating the expectation of when you will be communicating, if you will. That, that's a good tip. Uh, I, I didn't really think there. about that, but yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that too in, and when you get uh, management involved on those calls, I think it's it's much easier to communicate expectations in chunks of time than um, even more so than explaining exactly what the issue is and exactly what your right. Uh, Especially when you don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they they right. it's easy, I think, for them to be able to communicate to the business. Hey, this is high level what we're working on, and we'll have an update in X amount of minutes. Um, I think is huge and it's much more important than just being silent. Yeah. Being right. proactive is a lot better than being reactive. I mean, you'll, if, if you're new to a team, it's probably harder, but you know, once you've been in a company or, or on a team for a while, you'll get a feel for like, okay, you know, this person is going to be asking for an update on this. Mm-hmm. And so just, even if it seems nonsensical to you to just kind of shout that stuff out on the bridge and then, you know, like, like Tim said, setting the expectation. Well, I have to go dig into this. I need to be heads down for five minutes. I'll come back as soon as I have the answer or within the next five minutes or so, you know, and, yep. and give yourself the space. Like if people understand like, Hey, he's got to step away to go dig into the issue. Let's let him do that. And then he'll come back with you know some result. Yeah. Yeah. And like it or not, you as the technical person uh, troubleshooting the issue, especially if you're on one of those big conference bridges, your demeanor is going to set the tone for how mm-hmm. that, that troubleshoot's going to go. Yeah. And if you're, if you're remaining calm, yeah. Yeah. If you're remaining calm and you're giving updates, once that gets resolved, 
you're going to look much more like the hero than the goat, in my opinion. I got you. Well, <laughs> oh, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> that goat. That's not the not. word. This is like it's like Pee Wee's Playhouse. Whenever we say the magic word, that's right. He said the magic word. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think also uh, look at it from a perspective of of a manager or you know whoever's over this project or, or you know whatever the system might be. Uh, if you are coming back and you're saying, Hey, I'm going to, I got you something. I'll have you something in like five minutes. Right. Uh, and you deliver on that. Then I, I see that benefiting you in the sense of, Hey, management knows what, what to expect of you. So like if you're, if you're delivering, you, you know, your updates and Hey, we, I, we see the problem now we should have it fixed in like 15 minutes or something like that, you know, and then you deliver that. I, I think that just makes you look better all around right there. Like uh, it, everybody understands where the, where the, the cadence is. Right. <clears throat> and you're building trust so, as well. Is it just me or does the clock always tick faster? Like while you're trying to do something? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it definitely does. Like I just noticed that like whenever I want to give an estimate, I do some quick math in my head because I, I will tell the person that it's going to take me double the time than I think it's going to, mm-hmm. because it always takes me at least one and a half times longer than I think it's going to. Yep. So yeah. I give myself a little bit of a buffer there to, to you know, meet my own deadlines. Always give yourself a buffer. That's, yeah. That's yeah. what I always it's, do. It's crazy. Like when, when you're under the gun with something, like you, you'll you'll be working away and you're like, oh, it's already been an hour. What? <laughs> yeah. So when I do our maintenance windows, if I know that there's going to be like five minutes of downtime i always put like an hour on there just so that i get that <laughs> i got a buffer you on should, there just yeah, in so. just in case you know absolutely true the you know something well, and goes the, thing sideways. Of that, the thing of that is dan is that you know if you're communicating that to the business or to the help desk the operations center mm-hmm. you know they're not in your head they don't have your skill set they don't know that it should take only five minutes so right. if you tell them an hour and it ends up you know you think it's five minutes and ends up taking a half an hour there's no harm done right as long as you still you, come out you ahead communicated right? <laughs> the expectation and met it yeah i mean they're not gonna know so yeah i i always give myself plenty of cushion because i've learned over the years uh if something's gonna happen it's gonna happen <laughs> like <laughs> just go ahead it'll be very quick on. yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah that's true no absolutely uh, it's all about expectation, right? We talk about mm-hmm. soft skills, and really, what we're talking about uh, at a very basic level, at a professional level, between you know, as part of that communication, is communicating our expectations to ourselves, you know, to each other, to the business. Just what can we expect from other people at our yeah. workplace? And and I feel that's a big part of of soft skills in general, right? So there's two more things uh, that I want to cover. The the first one is. It's kind of the the first set of big words on your article, Tim, and it's credibility is the most <laughs> important thing you possess. Can you can you dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. Um, obviously, the words speak for themselves on that, right? But what I mean is that so a lot of people are like, you're like, okay, well, name the one thing that you know is most important. Is it ambition? You know, is it knowing everything? Is it your ability to connect with other people? Like those things. You can, you can learn something, you can get more connections, you can get more recognition, you can get more fame. All those things are, are a byproduct, basically. Um, 
but your credibility, meaning, you know, the trust that people extend to you and your ability to deliver on that trust. And, and I don't mean like, you know, this outage thing we're talking about. I just mean, in general, uh, that's a thing that it's kind of a one use item, right? Like, like if you lie, like, let's say, let's say, you know, Dan, you said before you caused an outage and you, you ran to the data center to fix it. Well, you know, if you had instead elected to, you know, log out of the log out and and you know go home or something and like pretended that wasn't you, um, you know, obviously, at some point somebody's going to figure out that that happened or somebody or you're you know somebody's going to know that that happened, and your credibility shot right. Like you can't even if even if you don't get fired. Even if you keep working there, right? Nobody's going to trust you because mm-hmm. you lied about it, right? Like your credibility at its basic core. Anywhere you go, anything you do within this industry or any industry, right? Your credibility is like the one. It's almost like I don't mean crass, but it's almost like your virginity, right? Like it's it's <laughs> like it's a one t- it's a one use item, right? Uh, you know, and once you've lost it, it's it's gone. And this industry is too small to to waste Definitely. your credibility. Right. On, on anything really I can't think of a single thing that I would wait every, every time I've ever caused an outage and I have it of course right I've caused many I'm sure like everybody else um, the one thing that I made sure always happened was that I owned it mm-hmm. no matter how and if you get fired if, you, if it's so bad that you get fired you know what you got fired right but if you, you try to hide it, it what's that you may have deserved it if you got fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you get fired, if you, whatever, whatever it is, right? Like you still got to own it because mm-hmm. it, you're going to get found out. It's like your, your parents used to say, right? Like if you lie, you're only going to make it worse. Well, I mean, we know this is true, right? Cause I know I I've known people in the past that, you know, they've, they've broken crap and they've lied about it and everybody knew they were lying about it. And like, so you can never, they just blew it. Right. Like they had no, yeah. If you break something, you have the opportunity to grow from that and to move on mm-hmm. and, and whatever. If you lie about it and you and everybody knows you lied about it, you're there's no coming back from that. So that's that's what right. I mean when I talk about credibility being your like one and only most important asset and, to keep. And see that right and there is logs. the whole reason why I stayed and didn't go home though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of these systems so, have logs. You usually can't say you did one thing if you actually did something else. And, and point in case, I I was on call one weekend and somebody else was doing updates to some servers and they shut down a server rather than restart the server. And then they called me and they're like, I don't know what happened. I did some updates and restarted it and now it won't come back. And so I'm like, okay, I'll go in and check it out. Server's off, power back on, dudes are fine, check the logs, they shut it down. Dude, you're killing me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that that should be another soft skill. Don't mess with the on-call guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or at least, you know, be ready to send them some some form of uh, buy them a beer or something if you end up having to make them go into the office. If if I make somebody go into the office and it's my mistake – and I and I'm I for some reason can't go in the office and solve my own problem. Then yeah, I definitely make sure to take care of that person in some way that the next time I can. Right? Yeah. Send them a coffee so, or a gift card or something like that for some coffee. Yeah, whatever. Buy him a beer, like him or her beer, whoever that is. Right. right? Uh, happens less now at Cisco. Knock on wood. Right. But 
because uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't really happen. Uh, but yeah, definitely when I was an enterprise engineer. So the last thing I wanted to touch on is kind of around uh, the concept of mentorship. Mm-hmm. So if you're lucky enough to be a part of a team, whether it be large or small, um, one of the benefits is that you, you can lean on people. And, you know, when you join a team, when you're brand new, it can be scary. You, you may not be the most uh, seasoned engineer. Maybe you are, but it's a new environment. So I, I kind of want to direct this at AJ because, AJ, you've been in management positions, leadership positions, uh, and highly technical positions. At what point do you decide you're going to kind of men- mentor somebody or help somebody out? Or are you supposed to wait for management to tell you, hey, you need to go in there and help this person? What's your mindset? So I, I think everyone's answer to this question might be a little bit different. But for me personally, I just like to help people. And so I don't have to be your manager to help you. You don't have to be a peer, a direct peer for me to help you. If I see that, you know, if I have knowledge that I feel like you should know, then I'm going to take the time to share that with you because that's that's only going to help both of us, right? So um, I, I have worked as a manager and, and mentored people. Um, there was a point where I have ever mentored uh, our, our buddy Taylor. I gave him some some tips on some soft skills kind of stuff in the past when he was working for me as an intern. Uh, now he gives me tips because uh, he's way smarter than I am on, on most things. Uh, I, I have, you know, like I was talking about earlier, I have a junior engineer that works for me and I, I spend time mentoring him uh, you know, every once in a while just because I, I want to see people be successful. I want to see people grow kind of thing. So, you know, it, mentoring does not come with any sort of territory. Uh, so, you know, like I said, if you, if you see somebody that, could use the knowledge, then then give them that knowledge. You know, it's it's only going to help you both grow. Yeah, I'll kick that to you, Dan, because I think over the last couple of years, you you guys have actually had some some newer people come in. Mm-hmm. How have you handled that? So I think definitely what AJ said. You know, just wanting to help other people, but I also look at it as a from I guess more business mindset. I don't know, but you know, you want you want people on your team that aren't going to run into a bunch of issues, right? You want, you want your team to grow. You want your team to be, um, successful, right? You you know, you don't want someone going in there and then jacking up your core switches. And then guess what? Now I got to go in too, because I've got to fix whatever they broke. Um, you, you, you want some of that as well, right? Like, cause a well-rounded team is always going to do better. They're, they're going to have the more successful. They're going to, they're the ones that are going to have the 23,000 ACL lines, you know, and, and nothing happened on Monday morning, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's a good point. So I think, I think there's some of that in there too. Right. Cause I, I think, you know, I think some people might, you know, kind of going back to what Tim said about, uh, pointing fingers and stuff like that. Like it, let's say on my team, if one of my guys, uh, if they, if they screwed something up and it broke it and I was just like, you know what? They broke it guess what? They gonna have to fix it. That's not a very, that's not a team effort, right? You know, and, and so I want to make sure that they don't walk into something that I, especially if I saw it coming, right? Uh, like, oh, that's going to screw it up right there. You know, I, I'm going to stop and be like, hey, look, I don't think that's the way to do this, right? Because of this and this and this, you know, whatever facts I might have kind of thing. So I don't know. I'm kind of rambling now, but <laughs> I, I think it makes a better team, right? If you are mentoring somebody, 
on your team, I feel like that only ups your team as a whole. Well, and I like one thing that you brought up there, and it was something that I don't necessarily think about when I'm working with the team and, and trying to help them out. I, I'm thinking it solely from the aspect of just trying to help somebody mm-hmm. and, and help us as a team. But you brought up the aspect of think about it business-minded, right? Right. What's IT there for? They're there to support the business. Mm-hmm. So taking that to that next level, I really like that. And that if I help them, they're going to be able to better serve the business. The business is better off altogether. I, re- I really like that. That was cool. So I did say that was the last thing, but I do want to put Tim on the spot one more time. Uh-oh. <laughs> put, put me on the spot? Yeah. Tim on the spot. And we oh. are, uh, we're we're kind of molding our, this episode and our interview episode together. Okay. So with the amount of interviews that you've done, um, both technical and, and probably non-technical, if you have two applicants that, that come in for interviews and one is, is incredibly technical, incredibly smart, but a little rough around the edges. And you've got another person that comes in that, that isn't as senior. They could still do the job. They can still learn. They have the, the will to learn, but they're nice. They can communicate well. Um, they're respectful. Which one do you lean toward? I mean, obviously there's a lot of factors there, right? I, I couldn't easily say, oh, well, I take this over this, right? Um, it depends on how rough around the edges. Uh, when I'm thinking about interviews or, you know, like what would I want to work on a team with this person? Mm-hmm. I think one thing I go to, there's a few things I, I look for. Uh, one is the ability to communicate. Uh, two is the, obviously the drive to learn is, is extremely important, right? Um, if they come in with every skill known in the book, I mean, that's cool, right? Like, I mean, obviously it's great for everybody if they can just sit down and immediately start, uh, you know, doing work, obviously. So, so that, that, that's helpful too. But if it was, you know, say you have this dichotomy where you have one person who is technically good, but awkward or difficult to communicate or something like that. And then you have someone who is not as technically savvy, but is a great, communicator and you know is easier eager to learn and can be taught and um will just in generally uh work better with in a team setting i i think i would take the person who would work better in the team every time because i can teach someone how to be technical um it's much harder to teach someone how to be social and how to have good communication skills because of you know, kind of what we touched on a little bit earlier, right? Where it's it's hard to teach someone who can't communicate how to communicate, right? And mm-hmm. and and I'm personally not probably a great teacher of that sort of thing. I, I don't know. I I've never been good at that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like I don't. I've never I've never seen myself as any kind of a mentor anyway. Because I, like I struggle with imposter syndrome, so it's really hard for me to decide to be anyone's mentor. But at the same time, it's like again, if I have to teach somebody one thing or the other. I think it would be a lot easier to teach them the, te- the technical stuff than it would be to teach mm-hmm. them, say, how to communicate and how to be a member of a team. And I think that yeah, I that's actually a really good that. point to go back to your original uh, statement, uh, Tim, is you, you're talking about you don't like the term uh, soft skills, right? Because it makes it seem like less. And then you have an answer like that right there where 
hey, if this person's more of a teammate, more of a good communicator and stuff, we can teach them the technical stuff. So therefore, the soft skills is what trumps uh, his his interview there, you know, or trumps the other candidate, right? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, one one take that I like about what you said, Tim, was you've got to think about it uh, from the standpoint of is this somebody that I can work with on a daily basis? And is this somebody who's going to be able to mm-hmm. play well with others to be able to contribute to the business? So yeah, that, that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Yeah. I mean, I know from personal experience when we were doing our interviews through, uh, through network engineers, I pretty much passed on a, on a person because I thought they were grumpy in the interview. And I was like, and that's exactly <laughs> what I went back to. I was like, you know, do I think they could do the job technically? I absolutely, I thought they could do the job technically, but just the way that their demeanor was and, and I, I don't know, it just, I, I was like, do I want that on my team though? And do I want to work with this every day? And I, I didn't. And so I, I, I passed on them. Am I going to be able to say howdy to this guy every day? Yeah, probably. exactly. <laughs> Is he going to say howdy back to me? You know. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, at my old job as an enterprise engineer, we got over, we, we interviewed someone exactly in that situation where the guy was surly. He was just generally, you know, like you'd ask him like some, some softball, not even a technical question, like, what do you do for fun or something? And his answer was like, stuff, like, like, like in an interview, <laughs> like we were trying to like interview some this stuff. dude. He was terrible. Stuff and things. He had a CCIE. <laughs> he had a CCIE, but he was like really, really surly and grumpy and just non-social in any way. And we told, and you know, they were like, "Hey, what's your feedback?" And we were like, "No." Um, and then we got overridden by someone who was like, "Oh, but we can get a CCIE in here for mm. cheap." And I'm thinking, like, well, there's a reason you're getting them for cheap. But point is, the guy. He was not a team player in any way. He was regularly butted heads with everybody, myself included. I mean, like, really bad. Um, Like, I'm trying to think. I want to give a very specific example without, like, running out the clock here. But, you know, just as an example, this is a guy where we took the technical over the the personality. And uh, we were talking about ACS or something. And it was my first exposure to ACS. And I was saying, hey, I think, you know, we need to... There's a button at the bottom uh, of all of your rules, and if you check the box, it says basically allow default allow if if nothing else matches, right? And we were having troubleshooting VPN problems or whatever, and she was over my shoulder watching me troubleshoot, and I was like, oh, I didn't know like this this box was here, and he or I didn't know how to do this, and he's like, you can make it do whatever you want, you can make it say Tim is a dumbass if you want. I had just met this guy. Oh wow. Like within wow. the, that was the first week he was working. Like that was the first week he was working. And I'd, I'd probably spe- said like 20 words to the guy in the meantime, between that and him saying this to me. And I just, I pushed away the, from the keyboard and I got up and I left and I yeah. just, I, I had to, I had to walk away for a minute. Right. Right. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. When, right. When that's like the perfect poster <clears throat> child for what I'm talking about. So yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> which is another which is another soft skill, right? Knowing when you need to take a break and need to decompress yeah. for a second without how to handle... saying things that you may really want to say right in that moment. <laughs> yeah, how to handle yeah, the exactly. test situations and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I got a quick question for, for Matina then. Is soft skills something that can be taught or learned? Wait, which Tim? 
for, for, for everybody, you know, whoever's got. Oh, for everybody. In this so do you, are you asking if soft skills can be taught? Yeah, right. Like, can, can you take that surly engineer and, and then, you know, provide them the feedback, the training, whatever, to make them into, you know, somebody that, that has the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that, you know, maybe a manager could have stepped in on something like that. If, if a manager even saw that interaction and be like, look, you know, how do you think that makes him feel? You know, how, how do you make that? How do you think uh, that makes Tim feel? And and maybe someone can learn from that, right? I, I don't think just because, you know, you're an a-hole, like in that scenario, doesn't mean you can't come back from that. Uh, sure. I definitely think it's a dent in your record, right? You know, but oh, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe he I doesn't. I think you got to want to. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I, I was just going to say that. I think it depends on the per, the person. And just like technical skills, uh, I think soft skills are the same. You you have to have the will mm. to learn that. I think somebody can just be sharp as a tack technically, but they have no desire to, um, to be personable. Now, they can learn that and they can know how to be personable, but if they don't want to, they don't want to. Right. So, so what do you do? Just get rid of them, <laughs> like get them off the team, that kind of thing. <laughs> I think it's like any skill, right? Like if you kept crashing the network every Tuesday, right? You you would obviously take steps to to, to rectify that, you know, at professionally as part of the the process, right? Um, if somebody just is not getting along with the team and and everybody and just is not making the effort, I think I would treat that failure as any other mm-hmm. failure that I you know you'd expect management to deal with, right? Right. Exactly. Well, does anybody else have any uh, anything to kind of tie this off? Any last thoughts around soft skills? What, what's our new name? I, rubber skills. Rubber skills. Semi tough <laughs> skills. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't like the word. I don't like the phrase. Yeah. yeah. I like socials. I've always just like calling them social skills. Yeah. Personally. That, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. I like that's that a lot. That's a lot like, better than soft skills. But I think there because are some other that, soft skills that might not you know go with social exactly like i think what is no, it that's, is, no, that's fair isn't like creative thinking isn't that kind of considered a soft skill i don't know what that is dan creative thinking what is <laughs> i don't know what creative thinking thinking outside of the box have you ever heard that expression what's what's thinking uh, yeah i don't know i don't do it too often so <laughs> no no that's actually it's a fair that's a fair point dan i think you're right I, i'm sure there are other selves other skills that are not social so maybe social is not the it's the one i think of but i'm sure yeah you're right. there probably are i think soft skills i think those are, are kind of like the major ones right and so definitely yeah. social skills in that sense is a because everything we pretty much talked about tonight is a social skill right so I, that's fair maybe we should have a soft skill 2.0 episode where we talk oh. about things that aren't as social. <laughs> I think we will. Yeah. I think we will. Because yeah, I think there's more to dive into and, here. Yeah, for sure. A lot of meat on this bone. Let's say what now? A lot of meat on this bone. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, Dan, uh, AJ, do we have any uh, any podcast updates, anything new that you want to share coming down? Well, we announced we have uh, a sponsor. Dan is uh, sporting their polo this evening, Open Gear. Uh, after I return from travel, we will be connecting with them and uh, recording their episode. So super excited to uh, get their message out to you. They, they are looking very much to help out the community in many ways. Um, so we're going to do some giveaways. You can expect to see that coming 
so yeah, lots of uh, lots of fun stuff coming. For sure. Excellent. Any any uh, last thoughts there, Tim? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I'm usually pretty. <laughs> no, I don't have anything to add. I think we. I think we. I think what AJ said earlier is correct. We got a lot of meat left on this bone. There's definitely some circle back for some of the other soft skills or whatever you would call them, I guess. Awesome. Well, Tim, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, AJ, you want to take us out? See ya. Hey, everyone. This is AJ. If you like what you heard today, then make sure you subscribe to our podcast and your favorite podcatcher. Smash that bell icon to get notified of all of our future episodes. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Art of Net Eng. That's Art of N-E-T-E-N-G. You can also find us on the web at artofnetworkengineering.com where we post all of our show notes. You can read blog articles from the co-hosts and guests and also a lot more news and info from the networking world. Thanks for listening.